What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sweat and Grime. It has been a hot minute. It's like, been a month. It has for us. So, oh, I'm turning down the wrong one. No wonder our music isn't getting quieter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been a hot minute. It's, yeah. So while the, while the episodes have been rolling for you guys consistently, uh, this is our first time back in the studio in just about a month. And, and we lost a guy. And we lost a guy, yeah. So it is just, <laughs> it is just Matt and Brian tonight. Rick was unable to make it uh, after a month-long vacation so we will have to give him some shit about that but tonight on the phone we have one of matt's buddies we have dan gad boys and i'm just gonna let you take over dan because i don't know anything about who you are and what your story is so you take it away all right well thanks brian i appreciate the uh nice introduction and matt welcoming me on the show yeah it's, man it's uh, a pleasure absolutely. to have you on we've been talking about it, this for months and uh it, finally it, it, the it, day is here it's super important to us as, as professionals in our industry and to have this type of relationship to come out and talk about things, no matter, you know, what it is construction related. It's a good, it's just a good thing. And I really enjoy listening. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. And to, to make it even better, it's about safety tonight. You know, it's about safety. It's one tonight. of the, it's like the redhead. You're the, you're the evil you know, guy that comes on the site and pisses everybody off. You know, that's why everybody I, hates you. I think but. the term most guys use is the douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's this fucking guy, you know. Man. You know, it's, it's getting better, though. I'm telling you, in our industry, it's getting better. You know, like when I first started my career, there was very little to none, no safety. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did you yeah. get started in, in the industry? So, Tell us a little bit was, about yourself. I was 13 years old. We were poor, you know, and I wanted to make some money. So I went to work with a, a family friend pouring, doing, doing flat work, pouring concrete. That's the, the worst. Summers. You know, it was horrible. It was hot. It was hard work, but I learned a good work, work ethic and I got, I had a good mentor. Uh, I did that for the summers until I got done with high school. And after high school, I got into uh, local 959, which is the Ann Arbor Labor Union. Uh, worked for De Maria Building Company. And, awesome little uh, outfit. Awesome company, uh, very, very good people, a lot of training. Uh, so I started there in 1998, and I worked there until 2007. Um, poured a lot of concrete, learned a lot of stuff from some of the senior leadership in the company, and knew that, you know, my career had to go in a different direction. I didn't want to pour concrete because I've been pouring concrete since I've been 13. Right, yeah, right. You know, by the time 2007 came around, I was 30 years old. Yeah. Pouring concrete for a long time. Where but you I, had the you know, back of like a 65 year old man. Actually, <laughs> I've never had a problem with my back. Man. Wow. I've been in good. I got a strong back. You know, I had a lot, a lot of stretching time and kind of knew, you know, that you had. He, always, really he has a good back until he shows up to the job site and we need to help <laughs> oh, unloading. Oh, my back. Oh, oh, my back. It's like, no, you just got to go <laughs> no, hit the links in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, when I was there, they were really good leadership, and I, there was a lot of good mentors there for me that I really looked up to in the industry. I mean, we built some big shit. We did some really nice work, and safety came along. And uh, they hired this lady. Her name was Jody. She was a safety director uh, for the company. And an opportunity came up at GM Milford Proving Grounds where they needed an on-site safety guy. Well, right. Jody, she knew that I was a good worker because I was always the first laborer there, last one to leave. Yeah, I always made sure of that because I had no to friends, so he had nothing better. Uh, to no do. wife. <laughs> so, Spin it as a positive. Right. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> so they gave me an opportunity to take some safety classes and be the safety guy at GM. Well, I really got into it because I wasn't pouring concrete. Yeah. So when I started to learn safety and I could, I knew that I had, a, you know, I got a good personality and I can talk to people and I was like, I can do this, you know, I'm a people well, person, <laughs> right? I'm a people person. Well, you know, I'd met some higher ups at GM, some of their safety leadership on the job site and they put it in my head that I was good at what I did. So I continued going to school to get certified to teach and do this and that and train. And then I put my feelers out and that company Marsh hired me. Uh, I had a couple offers, one from Clark, uh, Ron Selly, uh, Marsh, uh, a couple other companies. So in order to make any money, you can't stay with your first company, right? You got to yeah, move on. Right. Yep. So I, I went to that Marsh company. I think it was 2007. Yep. 
uh, I started studying their safety stuff and their their accident numbers and their people that were out of out of work on workers' comp were is just fucking ridiculous. I go, this is crazy. People are getting hurt at this company every day. They have no accident prevention program. All kinds of violations from my OSHA. I'm like, I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to make it right. Well, I did just that. <laughs> uh, worked really hard. Wrote the program. Started training their employees, and you know, we were actually nominated for a gold standard award by the state of Michigan. Which is huge for a general contractor. Yeah, huge. Uh, and for we, a safety director to get a company that had nothing to where you are, where they are now. Yeah, I mean, they, they we took their experience modification rating, which is like an insurance number, from a 1.01 to a 0.72. So that's a substantial reduction in injuries. And it, it worked. The system that I wrote and trained and learned the employees, the system worked. Um, I worked there for 15 years and just kept at it. Well, some things happened, and I got some other opportunities, and uh, I moved on from that company. Yeah. As did Matt, because Matt yep. worked there. I remember I re- the day I got hired there back in 2009, and I had a safety audit on my job site. And it was Safety Dan coming in. I'm like, yep. fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like, is everything here? And he walked in with, you know, just, I was sweating. You know, it was like yeah. having my OSHA come on. And yep. I was like, oh, my God, Safety Dan's coming. He just shows up and high five, you know, let's go walk, talk. I had so many, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Like, I had so I many too. dings on my freaking, on his little checklist. Like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. But I didn't get in trouble. So it's Matt no. motherfucking Totten and it's motherfucking Safety Dan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Just driving around in my golf cart around the job site, man, showing everything. He's just like, uh, oh, man. All right. Don't take me away from here. This is bad. Go back to the office. I, I thought I was going to get fired. And I knew in my heart when we met that you were a really good person inside, raised by good people, and you had the qualities of being a good safety person. Look at you. you yeah. You've really. Uh, I didn't pay him. I, didn't, I did not pay You've him to do that. Matt. I have. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it was great. Like he, he was a first safety guy. I've worked with safety directors all over before that, and they scare the shit out of you. You know, they kick you off the job site. They fire you right away instead of sitting back and bringing you in and talking about how to do things correctly, safely, you know, without just getting in there, getting hurt, getting injured, and then you don't go home at the end of the day. Well, like he, right. And, and, he, and working for a company. Yeah, that supports it. it yep. You know, and you supported it. That was the best thing ever. You know, running jobs and you got subs that just want to come in and get it done and do it on safety. It was like, hold on, I'm calling Dan. You know, he yeah, had my back 100. percent You know, our project managers would be pissed off because we were delaying the job. And it was like, you know what, we're gonna kill somebody if we don't do this right. And he had my back. Well, 100%. I want to get into the discussion of safety, Dan. After we hear the rest of safety, Dan's history, because. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. I'm the dumb dirt guy that gets pissed at safety dance. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. and everybody else so, listening. Yeah. yeah. So, so the whole safety career, I left Marsh. I went to uh, Corrigan Oil. I helped Mike Corrigan out in Brighton. Uh, they had an electrician. He actually, he, there was a fatality. He was 40 years old. Mike said he wanted a safety guy. Brett, a guy that I knew, went over there, became the director of construction, asked me to come over and help him out. Great company. I went there. I went there kind of because. I had to get away from Marsh and they offered me a whole lot of money. So I went there and I helped them. How long were you with uh, Corrigan for? Oh, you there? Did we lose you? Uh-oh. I may, have, Uh-oh. I may have bumped my phone connection. Are you there, Dan? <laughs> Dan? Did we lose you? Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, are you there? Can you hear us? Oh. We, oh, we, we got technical issues with our connector. <laughs> okay. All right. Hang on for the switch. Yeah, All right. And there it is. We're back. We are back. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, small break, everyone. We're back with safety, motherfucking safety, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, dirt guys love to hate. Right? Yes. Right. So go back to your Corrigan uh, story. Yeah. So, so you were Corrigan, there. you were with Corrigan. So I went to Corrigan. You know, they had a DOT safety guy. It was a really smart guy, but he had a construction company called Corrigan Construction. I went out. I worked my ass off. We did a couple gas stations for him, taught some of their people safety, and it really wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to manage work and manage a safety program and teach employees and certify them and train. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. Uh, Mike is a Mike gets what he wants. Mr. Corrigan is a fantastic guy. Oh, amazing. Stand up, dude. Yep. 
people say bad shit about that guy. And I, you, I, I swear to God to this day, I would do anything for Mike Corrigan. He asked me to do, if he called me tomorrow, I would be there for him. With the empire that that guy has, he's so fucking down to earth. Dude is great. He wears jeans. He goes to work and works as hard as everybody else. Yeah. There, if not harder. Yeah. And oh, his yeah. brother, Tim too, Tim, Tim, just fantastic people. If I called Mike right now, and asked him for a job, he'd give me one. He's oh, yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah. Yep. yep. But but my dream was to get with a big GC and partner with a VP and safety and 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 to have a massive employee so I, I could get through to the more and more and more. Yeah. So while I'm working at Corrigan, uh, another buddy calls me. He's like, hey, uh, and just so you guys know, I was with two companies for 24 years, right? So I was with DeMaria 10, Marsh for 15. So yep. pretty much 25 years. Yeah. So I had an eight-month stint with Corrigan. I didn't like the drive. They paid me a bunch of money, but it was such hard work. I couldn't keep up with their guys because they're all just fantastic workers, you know, and I'm not, I'm 44. I didn't want to compete. I don't have to. Yeah. Yep. I did that a long time ago. Yep. So a buddy of mine started his own company, asked me to come run some healthcare work and do his safety program, Fairview Construction. I did that while I was there. Uh, one of the, my OSHA guys that helped me uh, with Marsh safety program, he, he quit my OSHA and went to be the safety director at LS Brinker. Interesting. Well, he retired and he, they were looking for a person and he was part of the interview process. So long story short, I went through a whole bunch of interviews um, and they, they gave me the job. Now I am partnered with Chrisman, which is one of the largest general contractors in the country. They're yeah. humongous wow. and working uh, shoulder to shoulder with their, uh, safety uh their vice president of safety which is don staley he's just a wealth of knowledge somebody that you know any safety guys always looked up to he's just fantastic at what he does so that kind of leads me to today where i came in there i'm revamping their programs training all their employees we work hand in hand with the michigan building trades the, the all the union we're 100 percent union uh ls brinker owns a owns owns a bunch of companies like they own um Universal Glass and Glazing. All right, they yep. own Edgewood Electrical. Oh, wow. They own City City Carpet, and they own Brinker Team Construction, which is steel studs and drywall. So we can pretty much do anything in house. Everything, except for plumbing. You know, right. I mean, we do pretty much everything but plumbing. Those motherfucking pipes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Get you every time. It's a shitty job, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, these people, uh, the owners, Mr. Brinker and Larry, are just fantastic people, and I will. Uh, probably retire from this job. I, they're going to have to drag me out of here because I have my own staff. Uh, I've earned their respect. They report to me. Um, we're, we're working on some really big jobs, like the train station, for instance, once we had a stand down today for fall protection. Yeah, so he's down at the the heart of Detroit right now doing the, the old train station. Detroit, doing, really? Doing the train station. We're doing LinkedIn headquarters. We're doing the Ralph C. Wilson Park on the riverfront. We did uh, Little Caesars Arena. No shit. We did Mike uh, Village School of Business. Like we did the Piston, the Pit, the Detroit Pistons practice facility. Wow, some pretty uh, big we, stuff. Yeah, we work for DTE, and when you get to that point, you have to have a good safety program yeah. mentor and somebody that can help teach, educate, educate these guys and, and and ladies and keep their certifications current with the state requirements and your safety program. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically what I'm doing today is I'm working really to, and I'm reaching out to a whole different bunch of folks. And it's just, I've had nothing but support from both the unions, the business agents, my staff that reports to me, my bosses, our executive vice presidents, uh, the ownership. It's just been a fantastic move. It's the, the best thing I think that's ever happened to me. That's awesome. man. I'm so happy to hear that. It, 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 Matt, it's just awesome. The, when you get true support and you work with companies like Chrisman. And they believe in you. They believe in you. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, the first four weeks I was there, they gave me a bonus. Hell wow. Yeah. They hired? First four weeks. You're right. Yeah, we are, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Who's oh, looking? I, I'll get you hooked up. I know. I know. I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, if shit that goes uh, south you know, with my company, I'm like, I'll just call Dan tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got to do. But see, when you're in my position, Matt, and you go into a company like that, there's all these superintendents that work for these companies. You have to earn their respect. You yeah, know? most definitely. These guys are, are as good as me or better than me and know as much or more. Yep. Yeah. So it challenges me to do my best to teach 
even the younger generation to be the best at safety that they can be because let's face it, we've all known somebody that hasn't come home because of a construction accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened. I've had three fatalities in my career that I've had to deal with and it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're doing things and, and making an impact on the trades and trying to make it more comfortable for them by engineering controls and not putting them in PPE right away or doing something to help them be better and more comfortable. And that makes you feel good at the end of the day. Oh, most definitely. And the guys go home, guys and gals go home at the end of the day. Yeah. You hope. And, 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 and a lot of them, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of people, there's still some people that say, Oh, fuck the safety guy. You know, he's a fucking douchebag, but I'll tell you, I get a lot of support from these union trades down here in Southeast Michigan. Yep. They respect me and they do, they, and I respect them equally. They, They do a great job for us. It's, it always seems like there's, um, there's kind of one of two situations that happens when a safety guy shows up. Either either you're grateful because you are in a situation where your employer has got you, and I'm speaking from a dirt guy's perspective, uh, your employer's got you in a hole that is horrendously unsafe. Either you have no business being down in the hole, and you're grateful that someone finally showed up to call him on his shit. Right. Or you're in the other situation where, you know, due to some sort of limitation you can't make the safest hole and that's it's a quick in and out deal and then that's that's right at that second where the safety guy shows up and he's yeah. like you got to get out of that hole and you're like god damn it i'm 30 seconds and i'm done yep. <laughs> yeah 30 yep. seconds to you may be dead too well and that's it that's yeah. that's the fine that's all it takes that's the fine line that we we run on on the trades and unfortunately because we're men we also make a shitload of stupid, stupid decisions, decisions. Oh, yeah. that never <laughs> happens that's never that's what we do i'm just a reminder guy see like companies even small companies like my buddy owns a small company in westland and i helped him with his program if he manages the program it'll work like if you pre-task plan your excavations anything over five feet deep you're doing an excavation permit i'm going to review it yeah i want to know what so- soil type is there, is there going to be rain in there? Are, who's the competent person? And I, I, I'll put the screws to the people if they're going to go over five feet deep. Yeah. You know, a, a little chunk of uh, soil can weigh up to 3,000 pounds. It's a car. It'll crush and kill you. That's what so many guys, especially in the excavating industry, just we get complacent and we don't think about because we've got these huge machines that are throwing these dirt clods around like, like it's nothing like ease. Yeah. And yeah. it's not until you think, okay, if I went over there and tried to pick up that fucker, like that you sucker weighs it. at least six You're or 700 pounds. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I worked with a guy that had shoulder problems from just a, you know, a basketball size piece of clay falling off the edge of like a six foot trench. It yep. wasn't even a tall wow. trench. Yeah. But wow. it hit him just right, and you're talking 500 pounds worth of we're worth of clay. Mm-hmm. Permanent shoulder problems. Yeah, that can be a permanently disabling injury that costs his family money, his employer money. If we would have dug it right, or we would have had a safety guy or somebody out there, maybe that could have been prevented. So, which is a competent bonus. operator or, or you know, comp- site, exactly. site supervisor, foreman? You right. know, the yeah. whole nine yards. Goes I, I on can't on. tell you how many times Matt has said, "Hey, uh, you're on the roof. You're going to not be on the edge. You need fall protection." Yeah. And I always told Matt and the other guys, "Use me to be the bad guy." I said, "I'll come out. You got to work with these guys every day." So I learned how to come out. You know, on a certain day when the superintendent need me, and then I would. I would interrupt the trades. You'd be, be the mean guy. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it it was nice having that in our back pocket because you know when you're trying to keep morale on a job site, you being the superintendent or foreman or stuff, and trying to babysit and tell guys what they're doing right or wrong, really it, hard. It, it, it it gets guys pissed off at you. Then the job doesn't go right. So well, it was always nice having and that's a good thing. safety guy that had yeah. my back, anybody's back. Just having a good safety person is worth a million dollars yeah absolutely and that's the big problem i think and that's why he so can many- go home and drink himself to sleep because everybody hates him i don't have to yeah. anymore <laughs> well and that's and that's where i think you know at the end of the day i have no desire to be a safety guy just because i i know that you guys a lot of times come out and you are the bad guys on the job site you're you're viewed as the guy that's going to come out and nitpick even though what you're actually doing is saving everybody's life from their own stupidity but well, it always gets couched as you're the guy that nitpicks everything. Well, it depends a little bit too. If you have a, I've been a journeyman since 99, 98. So if you've been in a hole, I put pipe in the ground. I've been in ex- excavations. I've built subdivisions. If you're a trades guy 
you can work it out with another trades guy. If yes. you're a kid coming out of college, you're going to have a hard time with that Mason because he's throwing 12 inch block around working a hundred feet in the air on elevators and stair shafts. You don't want to see some, some kid that just came out of college. that doesn't know how to yes, build. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yep. I, this is a perfect example of what happened to me at the train station. So I'm, I manage a staff of a bunch of people out there. I'm the head of safety out there at that project. Well, one of my guys takes me on the truck and takes me out back and there's a Mason contractor out there and he's got a scaffolding built and there's an excavation right next to it. He put two concrete dead men, about 5,000 pounds a piece and put his scaffolding foot on there and then tied the two dead men together using a piece of Unistrut. I go, listen, buddy, this isn't going to work. He's like, it's not going to where he starts shaking. I go, it doesn't meet the standard. You're going to, you're the competent person. You got to put people there. If Ford Motor Company sees that they're up my ass. Yep. So me and this guy got into a screaming match today. Him and I had about a 15 minute conversation. I knew who he was, but he didn't know who I was. When I took off my fucking helmet, my glasses, he's like, oh, you're the fucking guy that came out unglued on me. I was like, yeah. And me and you just got along and had a really good talk for 15 minutes. You're an asshole. I said, I've worked with you for fucking 20 years. I yep. know you. I know your name. I know your brother. I know the owner of your company really well, you know, and it was a pleasure to actually have that conversation with him. And I told him, hey, about the other day and I went into it and he's like, oh, you fucker, you know, he's like, he's like, he, he really respected it today at the end of the day at the end of our conversation he was like you were right i corrected it we had a little bit of a heated argument now we're out here and we're talking for 15 minutes i didn't know who you were yeah and probably at the time when you caught him he was probably under the gun to get shit done and it that wasn't it wasn't on a main concern it wasn't on his like radar that that was wrong and then you you put a stop to it I, I said, do this. I said, I'll pay for you to fix the scaffold. Keep a ticket. Tell me how many man hours, how yep. much it's going to take, and I'll get you. I'll get this cost paid for. It. Yep. Just fix it. Exactly. And it probably after he left and went home that night, he probably was like, dude, that dude was right. You know what I mean? I was right. Yeah. Absolutely. That water water was going into the excavation. The side was caving in. It wasn't dug right. It's got shitty, classy soil with crap in it. Like, if you would occupy that scaffold. <laughs> Who knows? That dead man was sitting on a shelf, mm-hmm. actually, of the excavation. And it oh, was it wasn't even. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, listen, you're going to hurt your own team. And he's just rushing, trying to get through it. He thanked yep. me for it today at the end of the day that I did the right thing. You know, yeah. that feels good. But That's good. The, 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 the problem is, is these company owners put these foremans on these jobs and they give them a certain uh, man hours, certain material. And you got a timeline. Oh, you you're held to a gun. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's, and there's not there's not much profit margin anymore for us to make no. money as construction workers. There's not, and you really touched on a big thing there. That's that's kind of one of the key problems. Is the problem is all of this responsibility falls on the foreman, but from upper management, they they only care about quote unquote safety when it's convenient, yep. but really when no one's watching, it's get the fucking job done as fast as possible. Yeah. And See, that's the wrong culture though. That's a is. lot of companies are like that, but there's companies like ours. They don't care if it costs money. Cause if you pre-plan it, it won't happen again. It might cost yep. us now, but it won't happen again. Cause we're ahead of that curve. Yeah. That's where we got to get people in the culture. Yeah. They don't, they don't believe it works unless it's shown. Matt, you know it works. You've seen it work. The oh, orientation I've, process, I've, yeah. the whole process, lowering your EMR, winning awards, having a structured program to go by. Yep. And, and then when you bid guidelines. jobs, you can bid them where you need to be and you know you're going to have to be at because of safety and you win them and the, the customer them. loves it because you know yeah. what? They get a job well done and nobody dies. Then the safety guy comes out, buys everybody pizza. Yeah, oh, stand best. down. That's you, the best. You, talk about- you know what? That's why I've got such a bad taste in my mouth with safety guys. My safety guys never bought me fucking pizza. Well, no, <laughs> you got the wrong pizza. The wrong safety. Guy. Exactly. I need Dude, motherfucking I safety, Dan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whenever safety Dan came on site, project manager was like, "God damn it, I don't know if I have any more money in the budget." Yeah. <laughs> well, they always gave me a hard time because they were the wrong people that I worked for, and they had the wrong culture. I yep. did everything in that company to save them money. And to make them money and to train their employees and keep them in compliance with this basic fucking rules. Yep. When it's such a different place where I'm at now, because I have the support from the very top, they say, Hey, even if you're wrong, we're going to support you. You make the last decision. So well, I, I report basically to the owners and, and the executive vice president 
uh, and, and if I make the decision, they're going to stick by my decision. And even if I'm wrong, they'll bring me in and we'll discuss it and how we handle it next time. If we ever have that situation, exactly. Again. you know, it, safety, that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Safety is, is yet another example of that whole top down culture. I've, I talk, uh, I host a show on YouTube called the dirt where I'm talking to more kind of the contractor side, as opposed to the operators and guys in the field. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I talk about there on, pretty frequently is when it comes to how you treat your employees and when it comes to the way you handle shitty situations and, and safety is another big one that is a top down culture. And if the management doesn't truly believe in that culture, that 100% translates through all of the ranks and you have a company like so many that we're familiar with where safe, we care about safety, quote unquote. And that's what you we care exactly about. exactly right. And, and unfortunately, especially in the dirt industry, I know the other trades are pretty bad too, but really in the dirt industry, the vast majority of companies are that way. Yep. Okay, guys, we need to be safe. Okay, we need to get in that trench and we need to get that pipe hooked up because we've got to have this thing back on in an hour. It's, got on it's like, right there. Uh, Okay, well, which is it? Is it yep. be safe or because we need to over excavate this? Didn't yeah, show up today. Exactly. Well, we still got to get going. Let's exactly. Go. Let's go. So I've seen a man take his last breath in an excavation while he's holding my hand, saying, "Get, don't let me die in here," and blood coming out his ears. And he was an excavator for forty years. He was twenty-eight feet deep doing a water main. We had to tie his fucking excavator off to the goddamn oak tree because we thought that thing was going in. He had two young kids trying to do a tap. They came out because it was caving in. He was one of those owners said, oh, I'm going down there and getting in. We had the trench and rescue there, the fire department there, and every fucking safety guy that I knew was on that job site. We couldn't get that guy. We couldn't save his life. Wow. Sad. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. And then you go to a company, like, I think out there by Lansing, they have this company that's, uh, what's his name? Steve. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Thornton. Steve Thornton, I think you might have known those people that build those trench boxes. Yeah, oh, I did that whole job for them. Those Efe- things are efficiency so expensive. Inc. Yeah, yeah, they're such great tools, but they're so expensive. Smaller contractors can't afford them. Yeah, that's yep. the problem. Yeah, and, yep. and my OSHA should give grants for shit. That like was the coolest Absolutely. job ever because you know me not coming from the dirt side and stuff, and all of a sudden I'm doing this giant structure. You know, it was like probably <laughs> yeah. a four what 400,000 square foot warehouse, you know, addition yeah. it, yeah. all steel. I never done steel erection. It was so freaking cool. That's what oh. she yeah. said. <laughs> I have no yeah, problem right. with getting an erection, but uh, <laughs> that's another time. For another I got to throw that in there to yeah. defend myself. <laughs> but man, sitting there and just like, show. like efficiency Inc, man, they were, I think they're the, one of the largest and best, you know, high end trench box systems in the, in the world. Huh. I think Dude, just out of Lansing ass. and just learn the, You'd be, they'd bring guys in from all over the U.S. And all of a sudden, you know, on my job site, I'm like, dude, you guys, I'm laying down steel. They're like, nope, we're doing a demonstration today. They'd grab one of their excavators and they'd have 40, 50 guys there digging huge holes, teach them how to put the batches together and then get to work. You mm-hmm. know, yep. it was so cool. Yep. It was cool. Very cool. But I think grants should be provided to smaller companies from states that have state ran programs. If you're going to, you know, we got to help each other out. Right. You know, at the end of the day, there probably are those types of grants. It's that they're not very known, you know, like how do you get them? Exactly. They're not out there in front of the smaller guys, you know, faces to, you know, get on board with it. So I know there's some PPE grants. So if you match, if you say, okay, Myosha, I'm going to spend $5,000 in fall protection gear. They have a grant right now where they'll match the $5,000. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so if you're working from heights or elevations, you need fall protection equipment or any type of gear that's going to help your company, Interesting. they'll give you five grand. Now but, that's through who? My OSHA. All right, all right. You hear yeah, that, everybody. A, you guys need some a, PPE. Get a hold of My OSHA. Get that grant money, man. It's, it helps. And that's what My OSHA and safety people are ultimately out there to do is to help educate people with you know, the dangers we face every single day and to support that person the best we can when it goes into how you actually complete your tasks. So let's change gears a little bit. I am curious, what is the education side of this for you as an actual safety guy? How do you get certified and how, what's the kind of length of that program? Oh and my. So this is the problem. Every day right? you're, le- every day you're learning. You learn every day. Like, <laughs> I've been I've been going to classes and continuing my education at Eastern Michigan's OSHA Training Institute for 20 years. Um, 
I've taught classes at Michigan State University during Construction Safety Day. Uh, it's really it's really hard. They do have programs like Oakland University's got a program. It's a it's an occupational safety and health program. Uh, the the gentleman that teaches it is probably one of the smartest safety guys I ever met. I was introduced to him last couple weeks ago at the safety conference in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go through O2, O2I, o, OTI, which is OSHA Training Institute at Macomb. You can go to Eastern Mission again and go to MTI, which is where I went, which is my OSHA Training Institute. And you can get licensed to teach like 10 and 30-hour OSHA classes. Then you go and you take other classes. Like I took all my classes. Like I took my level one certification, which is like six classes, my level two certification, which is like six or seven classes. Then I got my ocean 500, my 510, my 502, like while I was working. So I would work and it's just continuing education. education. Yeah. Yeah. But they do have degree programs where you go and you get your occupational safety and health degree. You can get it online, you, but that Oakland university has the best program around here. Hands down. One of my guys that works for me uh, graduated from there. And he's one of the, I have the most respect for this guy. He's the actual senior safety manager that runs the, the day-to-day at the, at the train station. His name's Ryan and he is just fantastic. Uh, I'm glad to, we, we learn from each other. Now, what would be like the timeline? Like, is this a four year thing to get started? Yeah. Is it a 10 yeah, year thing? You know, it, it's a four year degree. All right. Okay. You know, uh, you get your associates and you get your bachelor's. So, I mean, you can take that route or you can take the route that I went. You know, a a lot of people like hiring younger people that just got out of school so they can mold them and train them into what they want. There's no molding and training me. I know the standard. So when I come to your company, I know my role. I know the rules. We're not going to have those fights up front with trades or ownership because here's the rule. It's in black and white. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) So, So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get into it, but. I just think that the industry guys, that the older guys that have had some time in the field and been in holes or been working from elevations, they tend to be a little better on the the field side. And the guys that get the degree are really good on the administrative side. Yep. So, yeah. And that's what I've always enjoyed working with you, you know, because you could put your head and my head together and whoever else were sitting there in the field and we could come to, you know, an agreement term. because we've all yeah. been in this situation. You know, yeah, compared to somebody way? that just came straight out of college that doesn't, they just know what's on the paper, you know, the black right. and white. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I was going to say too, is, uh, you know, ha- having been in the field and experienced as a tradesman, uh, what are your thoughts on the guys that kind of come out and throw the rule book at you without really practical application? So I don't really get along with those guys because there's ways around anything. If you pre-plan it appropriately. Yep. You, I've done so much high risk live tie-ins. I've done all kinds of stuff. High risk work, worked for a Ford, General Motors, Chrysler's the biggest. I've had my OSHA on site on some of the biggest jobs, and you can always talk through a scenario that's safe, whether it's engineering controls or PPE. You can make it happen. You just got to do it. Yeah. You got to know the rules, and a lot of people they end up unfortunately learning the rules by getting a citation, and I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. But my OSHA, you know, they have the set division, which is the consultation, education, and training division where they'll come out, they'll do a hazard survey, they won't find you, and they'll help you get better at running your job. And I, I took advantage of that. Yeah. I had them come out to our jobs all oh, the time. Man. I, I remember. Is that a free oh, service or how does that work? It's a free service. No yep. shit. Yep. It's and a you free don't get service. in trouble. No one's getting ticketed. No one's getting, really? you know, it's just a tutorial. You know, they, they look at everything. Why is they, it not talked about more? So I don't know. Cause there's, cause everybody's there's afraid. About, everybody's afraid to hear my OSHA and they shouldn't be afraid. My OSHA is there to protect us as employees. Yeah. They're good people, you know, and I, well, they I, charge I, I, so goddamn much. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I mean, dude, some fines are twelve, fourteen thousand dollars. Oh, I know. It's, you know. it's. I think that's if, why it has everybody scared. <laughs> well, if you get a serious or a repeat, they're yeah. really, really, really high fines. Yeah, but they're not fucking around either. Right? They don't want to. They're the people that got to come and do the fatality investigation and tell your fucking daughter that, hey, your dad didn't make it home today because the trench caved in on him. So. uh Sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. He tough. didn't listen to us. 
they're they're like police officers. You yeah. know, police officers pull you over for a seatbelt and they're an asshole to you. Well, you don't know. They just pulled a, somebody's kid out of a car that wasn't breathing. You know, yep. you yeah. don't know yeah. what they see and do. It sucks. I remember yeah. my first big ground up job that uh regency in uh, grand blank and you know it was just a stick frame building it was what probably two hundred thousand square foot huge yeah. huge site it was like huge. a 40 acre job site and i had so much going on i was i should not have been there you know <laughs> but danny gave me all the tools to get through the days here and there and then all of a sudden one day i came back from lunch and i had probably 100 guys on the job site doing some probably unsafe stuff. You know, I'm not going to name the HVAC company, but you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know them. dude, it was just so bad. I yelled at them, screamed at them, them, and they just needed to get the job done. So I was like, whatever, I can't, I can't get anywhere. All of a sudden the front door opens up and the sunlight was behind the silhouette. Mother fucking. No. Oh, no. My OSHA. Oh, this guy walks in and he's like, who's running this job? And I'm like, who the hell is that? So I walk up and it looked like God walking through the doors. I was sweating. And I, I'm like, uh, oh, you're from Iosha. I'm like, all right, shit. Let's walk up to my job trailer. Anymore. I call Danny up. And I'm like, Dan, and I'm just, I, it felt like I was getting pulled over for a DUI or something. I'm just drunk. Right. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was trying to get everything as safe as possible. But anyways, yeah. so I called Danny up. He's like, I'm on a, another job. He's like, dude, you got this, bro. Just just do what I, you know, what we've preached and you'll get through it. Dude, I walked around for like three hours with this guy by myself and every corner I turned, there's something. Every corner, it was just bad, you know, but I did everything that I possibly could do. And at the end of the day, he thanked me for being honest with him, taking me to areas that were bad. And, you know, he, he brought everybody in. They talked about it. All the guys were scared shitless as I was, but no one got in trouble. No one got fined. We fixed everything before he left that day, and everyone went home safe. You know, and you know why? Because we were a good faith contractor. Yeah. And we had a fucking gold award from the state because yep. of our program and our safety and our supervision. Exactly. I do. They are go go they ahead. Are good to people. Yeah, they're good to people. I do feel like on the on the OSHA side in general, it, it's kind of like the same dynamic that you get with cops where. You got a lot of them that are really solid people and they're genuinely out there for the good of people. Yeah. Right. And then you've got some of them that are just fucking assholes and they're looking to screw people over. Oh, yeah. And I think you that's do. what everyone's fear is, is that they're getting the it's guy. It's usually the new ones because they've got to gotta meet you. their quota. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So some of the, a lot of that mentality is gone though. There, those were the older school officers. We got some newer officers at the state and I'll tell you, even the enforcement officers, you know, I, I know a lot of them because I've been doing this for 20 years, but they're still really good people and they just don't want nothing to happen. They don't want to do an investigation on a dead guy, you know? Yeah. 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 They, they, they're pretty good now. They, they did have some really people that, you know, seem like they got picked on their whole life and, you know, they got a badge now because they do carry badges. Um, they're, they're officers. They're allowed to come in. They can do whatever they want on your job site. Yeah. You have to comply with them. Yeah. But, so let me ask you this, cause you're a really good person to ask, but if you can, don't, don't, don't answer it in a Michigan specific way. If we've got, <laughs> if we've got people that need to take their OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 course, how do you go about doing that? If you're not in the union or somewhere there that it's convenient, you call safety motherfucking Dan and we get a class schedule. Yeah. I travel out to come and anybody that I can teach a class for, you can actually look it up on the internet. Um, I think they have me listed as a trainer on there and they got several different trainers that are willing to come out and do training. You don't have to be union. You don't have to have, you can be a non-union company and uh, give us a call and we'll come out and train you. My OSHA does training uh, 10 and 30 hour OSHA. AGC, uh, CAM, the Construction Association of Michigan. So there's a lot of resources out there for a lot of people to get training. And, and you know, it's actually required. Yeah. <laughs> is is that free you. training or is it a charge to come out on site or how does that work? No. Re the, so the 10 and 30 hour OSHA cards don't expire, but every five years we do a refresher just to keep people uh, up to speed with the industry. Standards change, yeah. conditions change. So, uh, and once people sign up and do it and they like the training, they, they, these owners will spend money to, you know, sit their guys down for eight out 10 hours to do some training. It's, yeah. So where would, where would I go as an individual to get that course? So, um, you can look through the AGC, which is the associated general contractors. Uh, that's in Michigan cam. You go on the federal OSHA website, you can type in 10 hour OSHA and it'll throw up a bunch of safety trainers that are all over the country. Gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah, so it's relatively And it's really good. I'm telling you, like, how many times I've been, you know, anytime I interviewed or went on to go better my career, that was the first thing. Do you have your 30 hour? You know, I hear that a lot. it's like, boom, here we go. And they're like, holy shit. It's almost like, you know, somebody that wants to drive a piece of equipment doesn't have their CDL. Is this signed by motherfucking Safety Dan? It is not. (laughs) I actually got it in college. Actually, it is. No, not this one. I got it by uh, Dr. Stein at Eastern Michigan. If, If I... If I come and take my OSHA 10 or OSHA 30, will you sign it as motherfucking I, safety, I will, Dan? I will sign it as uh, Daniel Gadboy. <laughs> Unfortunately. Put, he can do an initial, uh, he get an initial on the side MF of it. In, in the front of it. <laughs> so they, they, what, what happens is I said. 2007 the, the is when I took mine. James Stein. I, got it right here in my I, pocket. I send them out to the university and the university puts my name on them and then the training date and then the actual student's name. So I don't touch the cards. They come, Sons of bitches. They come with my, the trainer's name on but it. The best, you know what? The this best is thing is, is that you have connections now so I can drive you down to Dan and get him to right. sign There you it. go. I could just and, have, and, go ahead. And, it, and if that's something that you would honestly be willing or want to do, you can actually go online and take the 10 or 30 hour OSHA online. Oh, can you really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I actually yeah, do need to do that. That's I'm, I am asking kind of for myself too. So the, the problem with it is, is if you take the 10 hour, it's about 20 hours online. And if you take the 30 hour, it's about 60 hours. Online. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Well, if you have an in-person trainer in a class, it's better, I think, because you learn from each other's experiences, right? We yeah. Talk yeah. As a group, real life. Yeah. We can group activities, you know, real life, real stuff, not just a course, you know, trying to get your certification. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. Well, there's all kinds of that stuff, you know, fall protection training, electrical lockout, tag out, confined space training, all this shit's required. You can't put somebody in a fucking hole. If I didn't have him in my back pocket, I would have just my OSHA 30. You know, other than that, I have, God, I have a a file just filled with probably over a thousand, 2000 hours of safety courses, you know, over my 12 years. You and know. you know what pisses me off, Matt, is you'll you'll find people like they take trainers like me off the registry and they prosecute them because they will sell these cards to people. And it's offensive because out of all the people, you know, I do my best every time I give somebody a certification. I train, I give the material. I will never cut time or anything because that's my career. And that's what my job is, to do my yep. best to teach you as much as I know about safety. Yeah. It's kind of so, like going it, to that guy for 200 bucks for a CPL and be like, oh, it was only 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah what? that's bullshit. I, don't <laughs> I still don't know how to guy. use my gun. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then somebody ends up hurt. He didn't store it right. Shoots his kid. Or, yeah. you know, that's that's why things happen because people don't do their job. I don't know. They don't do their job right. I hold, a, I hold it in high regard. It's a responsibility. And I'm going to do it the best of my ability to make you know as much as I know about it. Well, I, if you cut corners on the training of the safety, then what's the fucking point of doing it? Like, it's correct. to pacify an owner. If you're working for U of M, you have to have a 30 hour. If you're working for, you know, I'm doing a Higley, uh, Brinker Higley joint venture right now. Higley's a big company in Cleveland. They don't mess around when it comes to safety. If you have your glasses off, they will write you a violation. If you have the wrong helmet on, they will write you a violation. They don't play. And I've actually been working with their couple safety directors, and they're very, very good at what they do. I'm really enjoying it, but it's... It's required. We we will require that for your your foreman or competent person training or, you know, CPR and first aid is, is required. You know, you guys you don't have that stuff. I had a guy last week. I had somebody leaving an ambulance on Monday. Wednesday, a guy cut his finger, had to get stitches. And on Friday, a guy working probably 55 feet in the air, building a stair tower, have some sort of medical issue. We had to get him down in a basket. Damn. Oh, wow. So that's another thing that I deal with is accident reporting and investigation and follow up to make sure that we have the documentation in case there's litigation. Yeah. So was this guy kind of even like, supposed to be on the job side? Yeah. So is that is that your responsibility on the investigation side, or do they have specialists that come in and do the actual investigation? I'll do the I do the investigation, or one of my team members will do the investigation. Uh, we're taught that, you know, how we investigate. We have forms and documents that tell us and walk us exactly through what we need to do to investigate the scene of an accident. I've been on so many of them, and throughout my career, it's it's second nature for me just to do an investigation. I can tell you how it happened, probably why it happened, when it happened. 
And who tried to cover it up? That seems like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That seems like a tremendous amount of responsibility on the backside of a pretty bad accident. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I had, I had in 2014, I had a wall come down at a building. That was the scariest phone call ever. (laughs) And there was about 20 guys that were working on the scaffold. Everybody went to break. I had the fire department there. This wall sheared off. It was all loaded with brick. There was a weak point in the screw, and the screw heads were breaking off when they were screwing the cold form framing to the poor stop. This is a what? What is that? Like a five story building? Six? Yeah, five story. Yeah. Big, Um, big, big, big big ticket. Yeah, it was nuts. Big ticket. It was a twenty million dollar job. Everybody went to break. It was cold. The wind blew, and the fucking wall sheared off. No shit. 20 minutes later, we had the news helicopters oversight, my OSHA on site, and all the safety people from this particular organization, which they're real high up people. You know, it's healthcare stuff. But you got to. And I missed out on my fucking free lunch that day. He never showed up at my job site for the safety (laughs) walk because of this freaking accident. I was pissed. Yeah, it was horrible. But I, you know, 30 people could have got killed. 30 yeah. people could have got killed. Walked out yeah. from underneath it 20 minutes before that. Yeah, that's when, nuts. When my OSHA came and did their investigation, everything we did complied with the written rules and requirements of not only the facility, but state guidelines and our written program. They couldn't find us on anything. It wasn't safety that caused that accident. It was a failure so in the structure. It was a failure. They did some value engineering, took some tube steel out. They didn't do a real good redesign on how they hold the framing to the building and having a weak point in the screw. You know, it's not going to hold all the brick and mortar. And, and do this shit happen. The whole entire structure fell and it was, that was in the middle of winter, dude. It mm-hmm. was by like these, what? 50,000 gallon, you know, pig, ba- piggyback yeah. tanks, you know, yeah. propane yeah. tanks. Yeah. It could have been a, yeah. a bomb. That could have been a very eventful day. And if Dan and all of our guys at that job site didn't, you know, keep the things away from the structures, like, you know, you know, got to keep, you know, the the tanks 50 feet away so that something doesn't. Right. Uh, That's a rule. Oh, if those nuts. tanks would have been closer for 10 feet on that scaffold, who knows? And the best thing, you had every punctured. single person that was signed in for that day in in order, everyone was there. You know, Everyone's there wasn't like, a, was there somebody that didn't sign in that day? You know, so everybody always used to give us shit for, you know, you got to sign this, you know, document that you're here, just a signing sheet. So you can go right. down They're the list and make sure, eyes. do we yeah. got to find you know, Phil? Day. Where's Phil? Oh shit, he's underneath there. He didn't sign in right. today, but no one looked for him because <laughs> no one knew he's there. Yeah. You know what it all comes down to, you guys, basically, is being a good person, working hard, educating yourself, and making the right decision. With safety, there's a lot of common sense involved, but we're all different when it, in talks of common sense, right? My common sense is different than either of yours, you know? Yep. And these people that are coming up today, they're influenced by the social media and yep. the phone. And it seems like they have less common sense. <laughs> my, I was going to say I, my I, eyebrows are at the top of my forehead right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they may be smarter than me, but I can make a simple decision that could potentially save your life. And I can teach you how to do something where it's effective for you as an owner or your company when it comes to either even digging a hole or how you get around an obstacle, we would work together and make it happen so we could get the pipe in and move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you know, I think on that note, I just, I love to shit on school whenever the opportunity arises. Yeah, right. Uh, Here we go. I do, I do feel like the younger generation, we, we look at them as not having any common sense. And I think it's actually, our school system has moved to where we basically just teach standardized testing. We've taken everything sure. else, we've thrown it out the door, we just teach standardized testing. Well, one of the byproducts is that of that is critical thinking has yeah. totally gone away. Are you taking a yeah. piss right now? <laughs> what, what's going on over there, Safety Dan? Sorry, I was washing my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that was great. mildly distracting. <laughs> yeah, I was washing my hands. <laughs> With urine. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's, I think it totally takes away critical thinking skills. And so if you think about it, common sense really is just critical thinking. It's being able to look at A and B and know that the result of C is probably going to happen, but we don't teach that anymore. And so all these kids are coming out with this giant handicap of, they don't know how to think outside of A, B, C, or D answer. 
Well, they're too. They're they're also too worried about being shot in their freaking high school. Oh, and that's a student. whole. Yeah, that's a whole other ball of worms to get into. It's terrible, dude. I just dealt with that tragedy recently. I had that happen to somebody in my family, and it was fucking devastating. Oh, were they are a part of um, oh, Oxford? Oxford, yes. Yeah, my cousin was shot. Wow, <laughs> really? Shot. Yeah he he was one of the he was one of the people that shot and survived. Wow, but. Uh, he lost one of his very good friends that he played t-ball with. His name was Tate. He was a great kid. This Gosh, kid that dude. did this stuff, you know, he was crying out for help, and his parents and no one paying attention. I, yeah, that. Mm. So kids have it hard, you know. He didn't even want to go back to school and finish his senior year because he was afraid, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, so sad. It's, that's a scary time. So I just, I really try my best too when I'm doing safety is to encourage some of these younger people to have each other's back, be more old school. Let's let's work with each other. When I was young, we'd all meet in the trailer in the morning and we'd have a plan and we'd dance around that job and build it right. Yeah. Now everybody used to comes out when I was with that other company and everybody wants to fuck each other over and not, yeah. not work together. And that shit's got to go. We got to work together to be safe. It's a team. To yeah, I don't know why, because, because it is a lot of the old school guys that are in right now that have that mentality. But if you go back another generation, they didn't have that mentality. I don't know how that mentality snuck into the trades and why it still persists. Good, it is interesting, man. Yeah. Interesting. It, it's a good, good thought. Huh. So uh, it this occurs to me. These, oh, go these ahead. They're smart though. I'm not saying they're dumb by no means. They're very, very sure. Smart. I've learned a lot from some of the younger generation. They taught me a lot. It's just the thinking is different. The critical thinking is different. It is. And I think you it hit is. it right on the head. Yeah. Yeah, that's that I've got so many issues with the school system and I always I always take an opportunity to get in my soapbox whenever I can. Right. And he's standing <laughs> high right now. Absolutely. Fuck college. <laughs> so Dan just hey, well you can be a you can be a trades guy and make a hell of a good living. I mean, well that's what we're trying. That, that's why that's why we have this podcast, exactly. you know, to promote the trades, get people excited, you know, let the you know, the everyday man, woman in the industry, you know, whatever the trade is, tell their story, have a yeah. platform to be heard. And these, these you know, union guys, unscripted, just, they got, they got great apprenticeship programs, man. When I was, when I started out in the labors, I was at 1855 an hour. I remember I was so excited because I was making journeyman wages. And that was back in 97. That a, yeah. That was a lot of money. You yeah. Know, back then at, at somebody that was 19 years old, I was making good money and, you know, working for a good company and being part of the union brotherhood. It was awesome. And I mean, 20 years later, I make five times that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So you can really do well in our trade and you don't have to have a college degree. You can go to school. Just even like me going how I got my education for construction safety. And, and you did your degree that. well after you were a grown up. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't fucking go to school when I got, I was working and then, while I was working, I was going to school. I, I, that was a lot hard time in my life by the time I was 25 to 35, you know, you know, <laughs> another aspect of the whole, whole thing where the trades really don't get credit is everyone, everyone loves to tout the college degree yeah. as, as you like, that's sure. your Testament that you learned something. And the trades are just kind of this thing where you go do that. Yep. And, and I was think I've been thinking about it a lot over the last week or so, um, you know, in the dirt world, you've got to know your different soil types or you can get yourself into trouble in a hurry in a second. Yeah. You, you know, when, when you go to compact material, in fact, I just recorded a down and dirty where I was talking about how to go about compacting material and knowing when you've roughly got compaction. There's a whole right. science you can in that. You can absolutely yeah. over compact. Absolutely. There's so many aspects of it. Compaction. Exactly. <laughs> and there's so many aspects that really you get down to a scientific level. Take electricians having to know Ohm's law and, and the yeah, amount of knowledge. Yeah. The amount of knowledge those guys carpenters, have to have you know carpenters with all yeah. of the different angles and how to properly brace yeah. something if you have to span a gap and like yeah. fuck i was watching um and they may not ever taken calculus or trig or anything but you know what? on a daily basis they're using every bit of that all of real it. life all scenarios and absolutely especially layout guys yeah. yeah and i was watching so i one of the one of the channels i follow on youtube is cutting edge engineering he's a guy out of australia that does um machining work all right so so if I fuck up the cylinder on a D9 dozer. Oh, and you're in the millionth of the. You know. Well, he goes in and he fix He like builds 
a whole new rod for the fucking cylinder. Like that's that he machines it. Yeah. And so he's talking the other day about this part he's fixing. And he's like, yeah, this welding wire that I'm using is this combination of, of metals because it's good for high impact situations. And I'm just like, fuck the Jesus. amount of knowledge that that guy yeah. has to have. Like, we just don't have a pretty piece of paper. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that differentiates us between when it comes to welding. college grads versus tradesmen. Yeah. Is we don't have the pretty piece of paper, but the education is absolutely just as long, if not yeah. longer, well, you're as a college longer. education. It's lifelong. Yeah. lifelong. It's lifelong. It's lifelong. It's longer in some of the smartest men and women I've met in my life. Are tradespeople. Are journeymen. Yeah. Yeah, they're tradespeople. It's and that's where I I guess I guess that's what really chaps me and really but at the same time gives me a phenomenal amount of drive with what we're doing mm-hmm. is getting that message out there that all of these quote unquote dumb people that couldn't go to college so they went into the trades in reality the amount of knowledge them. they have in their field is probably closer to what you would get with a law degree or a doctor. Yeah. I I mean, totally agree. It's it, but there's no credit given there because, and it really, what it boils down to is it's a lack of, um, acknowledgement on, on kind of, I couldn't agree more. You you were frowned upon if you were a construction worker back in the day, right? Oh, absolutely. You didn't go to college, and we still like, fight that. Yeah, it's still yeah, out you're there. You're a labor. You're a labor. Yeah, I'm a labor that makes well over six figures. Yeah, I make more than you, and you're a doctor. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's have a good day. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I don't know why, but over the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot on this, and I'm just like, fuck the amount of knowledge needed to truly be a journeyman in any one of these fields. Yeah. And like that's more than a four year education. Yep. You know, and hats off to the unions because they're doing a really good job supporting these apprenticeship programs, trying begging people to come to work. I mean, we're begging people right now, getting the apprenticeship. Yeah. And you're getting you know. paid to learn. You're yes. Paid to learn. yes. And, work. and you get to work with guys like Matt that have been in it or me for years or you for years. And you get that knowledge. Yep. You yeah. know, the guy I mentored me as a laborer, he's the, one of the best men I know in my life. I would, I love the guy. He retired and he's enjoying his life. And I think of him probably every day in my career. Yeah. And that's, that's what we got to do to these younger folks. We've got to get good ones. We've got to stick them to our wing and mentor them and make them the person that we were made to be by whoever mentored us. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think that that has to happen. Too, got to carry the torch. Yeah. And pass on the knowledge. <laughs> You know, what I'm seeing right now, you guys, is not a lot of people coming into the union. The people that are coming into the trades are family members of people that have been in the trades for years. Yeah. And, and that's I, the big problem is we don't have fresh blood coming in. And really, nope. it boils down to um, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it has to do with guidance counselors, believe it or not. Guidance counselors have so much sway over high school students. Yeah. And it is consistent that they go, no, you don't want to go into the trades. You need to go to this. You need to go well, to this college over here. Backs, you know, for that. Yeah, exactly. You guys, I met this 20 year old welder the other day working in the basement of a hospital. He makes $160,000 a year welding. Wow. <laughs> no one talks old. about Say that. Say that again. Hundred and what? $160,000 yeah. a Screaming year Screaming from welding. the fucking mountaintops, That's freaking man. nuts. I mean, He's he's making well over journeyman wages because his company's paying him well over because of his talent. This kid is a badass, dude. I was like, man. And his boss has got a Ferrari and got a Lamborghini, so they're doing something right. Fuck the kid yeah. works his ass yeah. off, but he's making a boatload of money. He's That's 20. Amazing. What do you need with all that money? Right? Yeah. Uh, dude, if I had that kind of money at 20, I don't think I'd be alive right now. A lot more, lot more <laughs> no. acid trips. I mean, I mean, $18.55 an hour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This guy's making 160 grand a year. Yeah, I'm proud of him, dude. I was, I talked to him for a half an hour. Well, that's I was amazed. That's the thing, though, is that's that's one of the things I respect the most about the trades. And he happily talked to you at the rate he is getting paid by hour. (laughs) That's right. We could talk all day long. Safety guy, shut the fuck up and let him get to work. But that's one that's one aspect that I respect so much about the trades, though. Is the guy making 160 grand a year in the trades is earning every fucking dime of it? It's, it's not, hard work. Yeah, it's not it's like not you have some executive. Yeah, or having some executive that sits in his office and yeah, he does a lot of management type stuff. But at the end of the day, it's really not that 
physically demanding. That guy down in the basement of the hospital is sweating his balls off, yeah. welding yeah. all day. No pun intended. Yeah. 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 Or even fucking welding fumes. Yeah, absolutely. His, you know, his respiratory system. Yep. It's it, He earns every penny of it. Now, Dan, I was you. just sitting there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead first. No, go ahead. No, you go first. I got to go in effort. I'm super <laughs> proud of that kid. It was really nice to get to get to know him. And, and I think another big thing is laziness, dude. A lot of people are lazy these days. They're not, they don't want to, you know, I was always taught, get in, get you some, you know, yeah. I'm here. There's nothing yep. to it, but to do it. Well, all these people that, think they gone. can make money doing YouTube and shit. <laughs> Right. You know, I, I'm shit. sitting right next to him. It's yeah, awesome. I, I will say this: having done the YouTube thing, you don't make shit off of YouTube. <laughs> right. You're still digging holes. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> but no, I was just sitting here. I was just reminiscing in my brain, and I told these guys, I don't know what podcast we were talking about, but we were talking about like hidden gas lines and oh. our our uh, wonderful uh, uh, gas line hit on uh, what was it? Hawaiian uh, shirt coconut oh, oh, yeah. party. Hawaiian day. shirt day. That was with Lauren. <laughs> I was Lauren. Lauren's Remember when Mary yeah. and I freaking were running that that nursing home job out in West Bloomfield, and we hit that six inch main. It was a two inch high pressure. Two, main. Oh, was it? Had, all right. And we had fucking the news camera in my face <laughs> in about twenty minutes, and thirty ambulances used as cooling stations for the old folks. It, excuse me, sir. Are you motherfucking yeah. safety, Dan? <laughs> I was like, oh, I go, Roop, get the fuck out of here. His name was Roop Raj. He's on yep. channel two. I go, I can't talk to you, man. I'm, I'm busy right now. Fuck you. Get away. And it, he was a really nice guy. As I, his I senior superintendents were walking around coconut bras and Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. 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 More Definitely on. was not the right PPE for the day, but we were trying to keep the morale up with the old people. But, you know, it was, uh, it, it really, it, the, the mystic mismarked the gas line. It, it can be off six feet either way. They're not exact. Yeah. Or they weren't back then. Yeah. That, they're, they're that was better. With, 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 with directional boring and shit, it's a little bit better. You know, I mean, I don't know. They had hand dug, put these fucking lines in and they're not, you know, they, they were like an S pattern. It wasn't straight. Dude, it was like 40 oh. foot out of line. It was nuts. We did a couple old <laughs> yeah. subs that we dug basements for, and it was, man, you didn't even go off of the mystic markings because, like, you'd have a tracer wire six foot away from right. where the actual gas line was. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, right. You're way out, of, <laughs> way out of bounds here. The only reason you call mystic is to get a ticket to blame and sue somebody else. Exactly. exactly. I'm with you. you. You know where the fucking gas line's at. Yeah. Yeah, it was drunk Friday, and you know we had Tony run the Friday. That's yeah. what happened. We had Tony running the tracer wire, and he can't run straight to save his life with his short leg. <laughs> he has a limp. That's funny. So, but man, so but, it does occur to me you've got to know a lot of shit about a lot of shit because I know about excavating trenches, and there's a lot of safety shit around that. But you're talking. You got to know the building trades. You got to know confined space. You got to know electrical. Like, what See, is that like? My OSHA, my OSHA doesn't. In order to be an inspector for my OSHA, you have to be a journeyman or have a college degree and have so many years of experience. These particular enforcement officers, one's an electrician, so he'll focus on electrical. One's yeah. a rod buster. He'll focus on tie and steel. One's a mason. He'll focus on... I had to focus on all that working for general contractors. Yep. So yeah. They can't really fuck with me because I know everything about everything when it comes to safety. Yeah. He he landed us like a, a million dollar contract to go around every uh, you know major healthcare system in Detroit and just go put stickers on confined space areas. <laughs> we, nice. we just their, I walked around with a ladder a ladder for months and a pack of stickers for months just to put yeah. stuff on doors that were confined space. Don't go in there. Oh, it, was like, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we trained, I trained the everybody, for their staff wrote yep. the program, made it a tier two program. So to this day, that program's used it's, and it saves, saves lives. You know, Every, if there's a permit required space. They know they have the policy and the training. You enter it. Well, you can answer an age old question. I've had motherfucking safety, Dan, what exactly <laughs> qualifies something as a confined space? When do you kind of get within the realm of, okay, now it needs to, now you need to have special stuff to go in there. So if it's an area that has one means of egress and ingress, and it's not meant for continuous employee occupancy, that is the definition of confined space. Yep. Oh, so now, whether it's permit it's pretty required simple. or non-permit required, 
that's different. Permit required is when you there can be an engulfment hazard, like uh, or something can happen. The conditions can change inside that space. Like you're in a mixer. Air quality or it could be air quality. It could be a bunch of different things. So a confined space is just not meant for continuous occupancy, and it doesn't have two means of egress or ingress. And it's probably a hole or a you know the worst ones are side entries. Like if you're in a tank or a vessel or a silo or something like that, that's that's those are the real dangerous ones. Why is that? Because they, they can, you know, like if you get in a grain, a grain thing, you can sink like in there, you know, or somebody starts filling it while you're in there, you'll suffocate and die. Or yeah. if you're in a piece of equipment that can be powered on while you're in there, you know, that's you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad day, bad but day. if you practice real, true, confined space rules and you follow lockout-tagout procedures, you're not going to have, there's no chance of it yeah. occurring. You just got to know how to do it and follow the rule. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Dan, I don't I don't know much else. I, I feel like we've covered most of the safety it's stuff. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, this has been really interesting because I don't ever get yeah. to talk to the safety guy outside of getting my ass chewed. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anytime you need any questions answered, you call now, me. No, I man. think I'd you need to get us all down anyway. to the Ford station. I want to see this train station. You guys want to come down I want a tour. I'll, oh, absolutely. We come it. down. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tour you through. Right, Are, you guys, now, more now question, can we bring the diesel and iron crew just, you know, and do some filming? Well, not only that, can we and do an OSHA thirty, or <laughs> or you got to get us a sweat and grind booth, you know, there and just get a couple guys that you think would be awesome to promote the trades, and we'll sit sit a booth down in front of the train station, and we'll just right. start Q and Aing everybody. That's what we did today. We had a DJ set up out there, and uh, we had five hundred people on site. Filming is a little different because it's a Ford owned. Property. Yeah, true. Yeah. So and we don't own it; we build it. But Ford's got a lot of particular. Uh, things yes. that we can and cannot do, things we can't wear or say, and that's all in their 1100 documents. So even photos are, you can't take pictures. It's crazy. Well, There's see, I can there. be very discreet. I use my penis camera and people are distracted <laughs> with my penis being out so they don't even notice the camera. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know if they would, I don't know. I don't know how that would go. Probably not very good. Dan won't have a job after you let him on yeah. with that. Now, yeah, I, need, uh, I, I need my job. Yeah, right. Now we're going to end it with this. We got one crazy question. So if yeah. you could change anything, Dan, what would be your dream job? Do you want to know the honest to God truth? Yeah. I have it. Bam. I love that answer. That's, Bam. you know, Dan, it's getting it's better funny. and better every day with all our yeah, guests. Almost every guest consistently that we have on that's in the trades, that's their answer. And I love it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change uh, not one thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think everything happens the way it's supposed to. I think I'm an influential kind of guy. I think I was meant to do this job. Amen to that. Maybe I would have stayed with my first company that I was with because they were such a good company. Um, but where I'm at today as, as a person and as a professional, I, I, I love my job. I have all the support from everybody I need it from. It's just fantastic worked my whole life for this job and i finally got it so you guys can bet i'm doing my best hey man i applaud it you know it's it's you've earned it i'm I'm blessed that's awesome well thanks again dan for being on we really appreciate it yeah thanks again brother yeah no no, thank you guys really enjoyed it good luck yeah absolutely thank you and uh and thanks for all of you guys for listening and as always if you're on an apple platform you know the deal go give us a review give us a rating Go hit us up on social media, man. What do we got now? We're on we got our Instagram, LinkedIn, we got our Facebook, Facebook. Our yeah, yeah, we're we're out there everywhere. So go find us. We're a big fucking deal. And talk to us because we love talking to you guys. Seriously, drop us a message. We are more than happy to chat with you guys. As always, we'll catch you on the next episode of Swing Your Safe. Eye. And be safe. And be safe. Be safe. Stay safe. See you guys. Mm-hmm.